The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we rejoin our story in Trieste. And so, as we like to do at the top of the show, we like to thank all of our listeners and our Patreon supporters. If you would like to join the Patreon and potentially throw a, a shred of goodwill, or perhaps ill, your choice at our investigators, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. And so we're going to get to introductions and to someone who's likely to have a very busy night, and that would be the man sitting at my right. Hello, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who's creeping up from the crypt and has been assailed by a terrible screaming. Indeed, sir, there has been. To Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I've had a perfectly lovely afternoon having tea and looking at journals and being embarrassed by the American. So about par for the course then? Quite. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith. I am resting comfortably, working on my Greek, and in no position whatsoever to save poor Mr. Fraser from his decision to go into the crypt by himself. Well, you know, you know that Jim, he's bound to make all sorts of decisions without you around. To Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I'm starting to think about what Richard would be like with a prosthetic. Hmm. Have you selected a body part? Not yet, but I'm sure I can figure one out. I have no doubt you will. And last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, I think at this rate, we're going to need an entirely prosthetic Richard. Hmm. A fake dick, you say. On that note, the Bora Wind chases you back to the hotel, Miss Bellinger. It is in full gale force as you step off the front steps of the Terramona residence and into the streets and then down the pathway towards the hotel. You have to hold on, literally for dear life, to the ropes and to the assistance along the way. Otherwise, you feel like you're going to be completely blown to sea. That said, for you, Lady Elizabeth, it's a little different. The cane helps, but it also somewhat hinders because you're not able to grab on with both hands. You sort of have to use the cane to steady one part of your body. And the struggle becomes very real and almost frenetic as you get to some spaces here in Trieste where there are some wind blocks from the Bora. The both of you are fortunate, should you so choose, that a a local taxi driver offers you his cab to take you rather than allow you to uh, be bowled over down the street. I would certainly be interested in taking him up on that offer. Definitely. Yes. Grazie, grazie. He, uh, he doesn't even charge the two of you. Uh, he helps you to the hotel and then makes sure that you get inside. He says something to you in Italian and tips his hat, trying to keep it still on his head uh, before getting back into his taxi cab and uh, driving off. Well, I must say, Miss Bellinger, 
As lovely as Trieste is, I will be quite glad to leave the winds behind. Oh, yes, myself as well. It's it's dreadful traveling around this city. Should we take this to Simon? Yes, I rather think we should get Simon and the professor. I don't know if Mr. Fraser's back yet, but uh, we should see who we have and have a discussion of what to do next. And uh, maybe... Well, the professor might know some Greek. I don't know. What do they study in mathematics? But who knows? But also tea. Okay. So, Professor, when we last left you, you were unconscious, which wouldn't be the first time. Uh, you do manage to wake slightly at the no at a knock that comes to your door a couple of times. First, it's it's soft, and then all of a sudden, it's rather loud. And you can hear Miss Bellinger's voice coming through the door. Richard, are are you are you in, Richard? Uh, yes, yes. Um, come on in. I have Lady Elizabeth with me. May she come in as well? Uh, uh yes, yes, that would be fine. I enter. So, Richard, you're a bit splayed out there. In the chair. It looks maybe like he fell asleep in the chair, Miss Bellinger. The device is in his hand. Very similar days sort of look on his face. Richard, are you okay? Um, I think so. Were you using the device again? Um, well, I had some time to myself and thought, I, I must get to the bottom of this. Oh, did you find out anything interesting? Um, well, it seems for every answer there's another ten or twenty questions. It's never-ending. Hmm. Oh, we found some more question answers and questions ourselves. Ah, what did you, um, what did you discover? What kind of gesture to Lady Elizabeth, who I'm assuming has the the journal and such? Well, Professor, I don't suppose they teach you ancient Greek in mathematics programs? I'm afraid my knowledge of Greek is limited to the um, the alphabet. I mean, uh, Delta, um, yes, Omega, Sigma, uh, useful in, uh, in notation, but un unfortunately I don't read any of the words. Ah, I was rather hoping you'd be useful this time, but apparently not. Well, let us uh, gather up Mr. Griffith. We discovered some documents and things. Ah. That might help us find the missing medallion. But in Greek? Yes. Yes. All right. Are you feeling well enough to come with us? Do you um, need Paul or? Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm fine. I can do without Paul. Thank you. You notice a distinct tone of disdain in Richard's voice. Um, well, yes, no point in hanging around here. Um, I don't know, with uh, looks at the device, anything could happen. Yes, I agree. Well, let's let's go get Mr. Griffith. Yes, perhaps he is uh, a little more himself. Okay, so the three of you walk down the hall, not too far. And uh, Simon, the uh, it doesn't take the knock on the door. To get your attention, you can hear three people walking down the hall in this hotel. I will make an effort to stand and go over to the door and open it. I am dressed. I'm just comfortable. Okay. Afternoon. Uh, I take it you all need me? Well, depends on if you're feeling up to it, I suppose, Mr. Griffith. I'm feeling a little bit better today, but uh, I'd rather not... Um, be functioning as anybody's uh, shield today, if you don't mind. Oh, no, no vigorous activity. Uh, more some reading, if you happen to know any Greek. I, I've been working on my Greek ever since we determined we were going to be coming down this way. Ever since England. Well. Uh, that That's helpful, I suppose. Uh, let's find somewhere to sit down. Mr. Griffith, you probably shouldn't be uh, up and about too much, as long as you can avoid it. And perhaps you can 
give us a look and see if you can determine anything. Sure, a table or a desk would be fine. Um, well, perhaps we could fetch her some tea. Why don't you do that, Professor? Sure, that would be fine. Richard will disappear off and uh, attempt to contact the hotel staff. Fantastic. Uh, easily done. The hotel staff are happy to make sure that you can ply your friend with tea or whatever else uh, he may desire. Okay. So are you guys going to set up here in Simon's room or are you going to go downstairs where there's a more communal atmosphere? If Simon's up for going downstairs to where there's a more communal atmosphere, we can. But I, I think we would leave it up to Simon, who's not mm-hmm. feeling his best. Because stairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends upon <laughs> who wants me to lean on them. And I'm sure that's not Lady E, so. No. Did, did we not get a Mag- Maggie will a, offer. A communal room? No, this place doesn't have communal rooms. This is singular oh, no, rooms. Okay. Mixed up then. Yeah, it must be somewhere else. I will lean on Miss Maggie to go downstairs. Perfect. She proves to be a staunch support for your movements. She she holds your weight well. Once downstairs, you are able to get a hold of food and drink, etc. And also, yeah, the staff can provide you a small stool or bench seat that they might say uh, a small child for you to prop your leg on if you so desire. Yeah, that's fine. Or a pillow or something. I am not wearing shoes. That's the only thing I'm not doing. Simon is wearing socks, but he will be damned if he wears shoes right now with one of them probably swollen two times its size. Yeah, that uh, that foot is fairly well swollen. So you do manage to uh, put a sock on it, but not not a shoe at this. That's point. all the decorum they can get out of me at this point. So I guess the question would be: Is uh, are you going to, lady? Are you going to show him the diary and the papers? I'm going to explain the whole medallion thing and the missing one first because he wasn't there for that. Uh, we have uh, these papers from the family. Unfortunately, my ancient languages involve Latin, not Greek, so I was rather hoping we could get a little bit, at least, of knowledge before having to seek outside help. I shudder slightly remembering the last time I had to have outside help with a language in some terrible tome. Hmm. Oh, yes. Anna, that little girl that you uh, Um. helped awaken. So, on that note... Simon will take out his grid book <laughs> and he opens it up and you see nestled in there, there's a scrap of really old parchment with some Greek letters on it. Ooh, I'm going to give uh, the professor a um, okay. a hard spot hidden roll upon seeing that paper. Ooh, that's, yeah, 29 under 71, which is a hard success. That is Professor Smith's handwriting. Oh, um, I've I've seen this before. Where 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 did where did this come from? From the professor's office when we searched it. Right. I. I don't recall that. Did you? Did I what? Did Did you take it from his office? Well, yes. It looks like it's got something to do with the dig where he found the device so that's why I have this here to translate it so I can figure out what the hell is going on with what you keep putting on your face uh what what else do you have this is it right oh um and this this word means sea or ocean right this is not exactly you know a language I am used to working with these aren't normal letters here. I uh, know. Um, did we? Did 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 you get very far with it? I'm working on it. The problem is, is this is classical Greek, and the book I have is modern. I'm not sure how you'd say it. So there are similarities, but it ain't the same. And I never went to school for classic Greek. They they don't offer it very much in the mountains, because we're not near the sea. Well. I suppose, unless Paul magically speaks or reads ancient Greek, we'll have to find some sort of a professor at the university or something to translate for us. Let's see what I can do. Yes. 
58. Ain't gonna happen. Nope. <laughs> so we'll put it together like this. Um, you are not able to make enough of a sense of what is what the diary is trying to tell you. The first page is befuddling. And you get to the point where you're making too many guesses. And then it's like any almost uh, anagram of sorts when you start making guesses about what words mean or what, what context are in. The meaning of the sentence starts to fall apart. And it's not a frustration point for you, but it's more you realize that you're not where you need to be yet to be able to read this. And if this, this is ancient Greek. There could be all sorts of different ways that the language would have been spoken. Although, given your geographic location, there is at least some hope that someone around here might speak Greek. You're, of course, you're all welcome to ask Paul. He's not been asked yet, but you're at least there's a better chance of someone speaking Greek here than, say, maybe back in the Appalachians. I know we're keen to understand where this came from, but um, I'm nervous about asking Paul. I mean, he's a, I'm a physician, but I, I, I don't believe we should involve him too much in our other affairs. Why is that? I, I have a feeling, um, uh, uh, intuition, a uh, 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 feeling in my guts, should we say. The torn up ones. <laughs> yes, quite. I think the worm's right, but, um, I, I don't know. You have a bad feeling about Paul? Yes, he does seem to be involving himself somewhat more integrally within our, our circles than I'd anticipated or, or frankly uncomfortable with well isn't that only when we ask him i i get the impression it isn't he's oh i don't know it's probably just a touch of paranoia but well, i don't i don't see any reason that he has to harm us we freed him from that place well we did there he's taken quite good care of us well i think some of his methods are somewhat unorthodox that's that's fine. He he's progressive then in his his medical treatments. Mm. Let me put it this way, Professor. I would prefer to keep things within the group as much as possible, considering what we are dealing with. The more people we have to involve, the more danger there is of things getting out. So, if there is a chance that Paul can help with this matter, it would be better to let him help than to go somewhere else and have it spread around town. And if we have to go find a professor or someone to translate very well, but we should at least try the options that we have. We have resources for a reason, Professor. It is quite the conundrum, isn't it? I mean... Uh, no, it's not. Well, I don't know. I guess things will play out as they will. Quite. So uh, I think we're all in agreement, except for the professor, that uh, we're going to ask Paul if, he's, if he has any knowledge of Greek. Is this correct? Quite. Who wants to go fetch him? I'm afraid it's not going to be me. I don't mind going and fetching Paul. Go forth and fetch, Miss Bellinger. Well, I'll just ask him if he speaks any Greek. And then I may or may not need to fetch him. Okay. You head up to Paul's room. Yep. Knock on the door. Paul answers. Hello. He opens the door. Hello, Paul. Uh, it's nice to see you. Are you having a, a good day? Yes, mostly. I've been um, doing some restocking. I've made a few trips out now to make sure the uh, the medicine bag stays full. And, um, <laughs> yeah. That's understandable. Uh, I have a question for you, Paul. Do you happen to read uh, any Greek? No. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, Latin was preferred in uh, in university over Greek. Yes, well, I figured it was uh, worth a worth a try. Why do we well, figured it was worth a try? We we found some documents uh, that relate to the current investigations. However, they are in Greek, but and so we figured we would ask you first before we find a formal translator. Hmm. Well, I thank you for thinking of me. Of course, Paul. Anytime. And Maggie will walk away. Make me a uh, spot hidden roll. Okay. Uh, that is a 62 over 41. Okay. 
He returned to the table a few minutes later. Paul says that he does not speak Greek. Or read Greek. Well, that was worth a try anyway. So I suppose we shall have to pay a visit to the university tomorrow. The staff come by and ask you if you would like to have uh, something to eat or uh, for dinner. Yes. Yes, please. They give you a, a few menus. They tell you that uh, the cook has made a, a wonderful um, rack of lamb for this evening. Uh, and they're happy to uh, pair that with uh, some local potatoes. And uh, they have a fine uh, bisque that they've made, a tomato bisque. Sounds delightful. Mr. Fraser will be quite put out that he missed this meal. Lady E, do you mind if I hold on to some of these pages at least? Uh, I can work on them this evening. See if I can puzzle it out any other th- any other words. It'll also help me learn more about what we're trying to learn. As long as they're returned safe and sound in the morning, Mr. Griffith. It'll just be in my room, ma'am. With- without blood splatter, preferably. I can't promise that if the professor comes into my room. Oh, my. He tends to bring trouble with him. Perhaps you should sleep solo, then. I'll let him take some of the sing- the loose pages, but I'll keep the journal with me. Okay. You all have a nice meal. Well, those of you who are downstairs eating, and you're able to relax for a minute. There are some fleeting thoughts as to where Mr. Fraser is, but uh, you likely just assumed he's having a grand time at the cathedral. He does like that sort of thing. He is a church-going man. Speaking of, at said church, Mr. Fraser, it's been quite the few past moments. Mm. The scream that rings around in your ears is a, a kind of you've heard of before. You have heard men scream at their last moment. You have heard that rattle around inside your eardrum when someone loses all control at the sheer terror of what's happening in front of them. That's the sort of sound that pierces you now. It comes up straight away through the staircases from the lower crypt. And Father Reese's voice carries quite well. Is it a scream that is suddenly cut short? Yes, there is a bit of a gurgle at the end there. A bit of a gurgle. So as, as I understand it, at present, I'm kind of up in the shadows in the kind of uh, the main body of the cathedral. And I can see a figure sitting on the pews and there's movement in the shadows somewhere else in the cathedral. At the moment of this scream, do either of these, let's call them people, react? I'd say people is generous, but uh, the... The forms do react, yes. Um, and in what manner does the person sitting in the, or the, the, the form, the figure sitting in the pews react? Uh, shock, I would say. Am I able to, do, I mean, do they sort of stand up? Am I able mm. to get a yeah. slightly better look in the in the candlelight? I mean, I, I appreciate this is all happening in a sort of a, a fraction of a moment. So that this figure that is sitting on the, the pew here is probably about, I would say about, 15 to 20 yards from you. Hmm. So they're on the other side of the main aisle of the church in the back. It looks like they were likely head down either in prayer or reading something. When that sound occurs, they look up and then sort of half stand up out of the pew. Like they're caught in the moment you see them, they're caught with the understanding that they, they something has happened. They don't know what it is. Genuine shock. Okay. What about the other movement that I that I saw? That is there further movement? That is definitely a cat. Right. Oh, okay. So it's kind of I, I see a, a small furry form leap down off uh, the back of a pew or something like that. Uh, maybe the back of the organ. Yeah, back of the organ. Oh, it's on the, uh, up at the organ. Is it okay? Well, I think at, at this point I'm going to show myself in the uh, in the light and uh, call out to the figure at at the back. Policier, call the police. The figure stands to their full height, which is not very tall, maybe no more than a little over five feet. And they begin to move towards the center aisle. And it looks like they're going to turn towards the 
the doorway that leads out of the church. Father Risi is is uh, hurt. I'm going to hell. And then I'll, uh, I'll head towards the um, the stairs that lead back down to the crypt again. <laughs> I I'm just trying to kind of make it apparent that I'm not responsible for the screen <laughs> that's happened because I'm too. I'm obviously in the body of the church. I'm not down at you know. Uh, down and down the stairs and that sort of and I, I'm hoping that that comes across to this presumably this little old lady who's been minding her own business right. praying in the back you, of the church you scream out your alibi and then turn yeah, scream out my alibi yes that's what I did. turn to the stairs and head head back down and I have my um I, I have my uh my gun in hand and I'm gonna uh grab a candle uh as well okay for some additional light sure I mean luckily the father did light several candles on the way down but Having one in hand is not a terrible idea. Yeah, just a yeah, backup. Getting down towards the bottom of the stairs. I, I assume that you're hustling. You'd tell me if I'm, you're not. I'm, I'm hustling cautiously, I think. Uh, you know, I don't want to run straight into um, the, the, the jaws of something awful. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm really not sure what to expect down there. So, I'm, you know, there is a there is speed but caution, I think. Is probably Certainly. The best place. Uh, so you hit the, the short landing that leads to that short flight of stairs eventually before the crypt. There's maybe six or seven of them before that uh, center area where the five crypt doors are. And it does not take you but a few moments in the, the available light to see the father's form in the center of that room, the center of this mosaic tile and the ominously large pool of blood that is surrounding the top of his form. He's on all fours. He seems to be falling towards the floor as you get closer. The blood that's exiting his neck is an arterial issue. So there is there is heavy spray. Before I go into the room, I am with my uh, revolver in hand and mm-hmm. scanning it to see what if who is here that could have caused this okay hard spot hidden because you know he's not done this to himself probably not no that is not even a normal spot hidden all right would you care to push the roll sir well seeing as you asked so nicely um, how could i refuse (laughs) how do i push this roll i think really the only way to push the roll is to just is just to move into the into the room and holding my gun in one hand and this this kind of candle in the other you know, kind of try and try and um, fill with light the corners that maybe are slightly in shadow. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm kind of putting myself a little bit more in danger that way by being just a little bit closer to perhaps the source of the uh, uh, of the good father's uh, injury. Sure. Well, that's a 94, so that's not a success. Um, you step forward into the room, putting light where you believe you need it to be to light up the space. Because you're trying to light up those dark spaces to make sure that you have the proper sight on things. You feel the first stickiness of that shoe step in the blood. And you react to it because you hear that change, that the stickiness of the blood on the marble. The father has collapsed at this point. He coughs. And with each cough, there's this additional spurt from his form. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I've, I've maybe been less cautious than I should have been uh, when entering the room looking around, holding the candle pointing the gun, wondering where the hell, whoever it is that's caused this has gone Um, and I'm going to grab the father and immediately the first thing I'm going to do is see if I can do some first aid on him to staunch the bleeding Uh, just kind of tear off probably part of his cassock or something might be the easiest thing and try and just kind of wrap it up and hold it to his neck to kind of uh, prevent this blood from squirting out of it while I try and get him up the stairs and, and away. So a first aid roll will be required absolutely, to save the father as he has taken a major wound. Okay. He's not the sort of character that has the ability to. Um, first aid is not something that Mr. Fraser is particularly adept at, but he has a modicum of understanding. And I rolled... 41, which is one point under my first aid of 42. Mm, Fantastic. So you make a successful first aid roll. Now you're staunching his 
You're sort of taking that fabric and making sure that it stays up near his neck. I just put a tourniquet around his neck. That's yeah. probably the best thing to do, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, to do so, though, you'll need both your hands just so that you're we're clear. Yeah, uh, so um, I just um, blow the candle out, drop it on the floor, quickly stuff my revolver into my pocket and do that. In your ear, you hear, so you are James. And I whirl round to see who's speaking in my ear. A very elegant, elegant French noble. You see him dab his mouth with a some sort of silk tie. Don't get up, James. Stay right there. Do I need to make a sanity roll? No, you need to make me a power roll. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Opposed. Yeah. You. Is he looking kind of sturdier and healthier than, than when I've previously seen him? A bit, yes. There's a nice there's a nice rose color to his cheeks now. Power roll. That is a failure. Very good. Um, when he says, stay right there, you do so. And I'm... St- Struggling to resist this. Uh, do I? So do I feel it like I want to stay there? I want to do as he says? Or do I feel it like um, my muscles have kind of seized up and I'm unable to move? Yeah, I think I think for you especially, this is the latter. This is the, I don't want to do this. It's like you're on the wrong end of a mother may I game. And you're being... <laughs> so it, it feels like you would like to move, but mother isn't letting you. And you haven't asked permission. And she won't give you permission to move, but boy, you'd really like to move. But yeah, that, that's sort of the feeling. You feel like a, a, a trapped rat. Can I try and push this roll? Is this a pushable roll or not? How do we feel about that? It's technically a spell. Uh, it's an opposed power, which he's beaten you on. I'm going to say in this instance, no. Okay. Can I spend luck? Um, I rolled a 62 over my power 55. I would just say, as your keeper, it would not be a judicious use of your luck to spend. Okay, all right. I think that's as fair as I could say it. Yep, that's absolutely fine. I will let that stand then. And uh, the, um, the the absolute frustration and anger um, flares in his eyes as he's unable to fulfill his own will mm. and is, uh, is, is somehow forced to uh, to kowtow to the will of this 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 thing in the shape of a man he seems to judge you for a moment um, just for a moment and then says why do you struggle the pottery will die am I able to speak you are you're just not able to stand up just yet <sighs> he's not dead yet neither are you what do you want well I wanted dinner you got in the way. What did you expect? Hmm? Do you expect me just to stand by? Mm, no. I rather like this. This is fun. Bastard. Mm. Whatever you are, whoever you are. Your friend, Miss Belanger, I, I must know. I must know. Why did you stop her from flying? You must know, eh? Learn to live with disappointment. Disappointment? Hmm. Certainly. A tale I know well. From hundreds of years inside a tomb. He looks around. Why don't you stay right there for a good long while, James? And uh, he's going to attempt to double down on his domination. Okay. Which will afford you another roll. Okay. And I will say, as it is fitting, that the Hand of Fate is going to give you advantage on this roll. I'm not sure sure what I'm going to do with it if I succeed. (laughs) Be able to move. Mm. That's a a normal success is a 35 uh, yeah 36 yeah Um, you are um still yet unable to move um you feel his will come like over top of your shoulders now it feels like a physical force and you feel the need to sort of sit down on your butt (laughs) which is disgraceful and um he, he takes a couple steps towards you i have no interest 
in murdering you here, James. But the father plucks the tourniquet off like a ribbon from a package. The father will pay the price for your visit. Why? Why him? Why now? (laughs) He's a member of the faith. Someone I always target. Faith, James. Falsehood. Lies. Lies told by the church for centuries. Someone must pay the price. Someone. What? What are you? You're not a man. Maybe once you are, but you're not anymore. I do admit, after so many years of this state, only certain parts work. But a man? No. Member of the undead, perhaps. What I am is on a mission. And I will remind you not to stand in Miss Bellinger's way. She and I see things very much the same. You twisted her with your lies and your your evil. You can't win, you know. Why not? Because tyrants never win. Ooh, I like that. Tyrants, right? Is that what I am, a tyrant? Fair enough. You're holding me against my will. Hmm. You've taken this man's life against his will. What's that if not the act of a tyrant, eh? Fairly judged. I accept your title. He leans down, almost predatorily, and takes a couple of fingers worth of the Padre's blood and licks his fingertips. It's much better fresh, but it will sustain me until we see each other again. He steps back. You can't have her. You can't have her. We won't let you. You watch him change shape in front of you. Yikes. You watch his body melt down into this dark, furried form. Twin golden orbs, long woven snout, and he howls from the depths of the crypt. You make a sanity roll now. Okay, my sanity's not particularly great in the moment. I rolled a zero three. Oh, fantastic. All right. You watch it. I will take one point of sanity from you in this regard. I would expect no less. I think that is reasonable. You watch as this form changes and shifts in front of you. And the, the howl echoes around the inside of this crypt. But what you do not do is lose your resolve to end this tyrant. Maybe not here. Maybe not now. But you resolve that, and you watch as the form, this massive wolf, hustles back up the stairs and out of sight. And I'll leave you there for just a moment. Back at the hotel, you guys are finishing up dinner. The group is finishing up dinner. I don't know if anybody has taken an opportunity to imbibe beer, spirits, etc. But as long as the party is mostly in their right senses... There is a point near the end of the meal after night has fallen that you hear an animal sound, like a far-off howl. And the locals, the people working the front desk, stop at the moment it happens, and they look around. It differs from the sound the Bora makes. That howling you've gotten used to, this is something different. And for you, Miss Bellinger, specifically, you feel like a bodily rush when it happens. It's, I think alluring is the wrong word, but it is exciting. Tingly? Yeah. Oh, did everyone else hear that? Strange noises on the wind tonight. Wonder if there's werewolves in Italy. Speaking of strange noises and that, where's Fraser? Uh, he went to the church. Should be back by now, though. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Lady E, are you yet? Lady is never worried at dinner time, but it upsets the digestion. I'm sure he can handle himself anyways. Professor, go get my suitcase, please. Uh, a slightly bloodied Richard gets up and... <laughs> yes, okay, I'll... Um, 
Um, whereabouts is it? Walk me up to my room, and then we gotta go pay a visit to the church. Make sure you... I gotta put on a coat, and I suggest you do too. All right, okay. I'm coming with you, am I? Do you want one of the ladies to come out with me at night because you can't? No, I take your point. The two of you get prepared. You grab a suitcase. You. Oh, I grab the suitcase. Yes. <laughs> um, so you're taking the whole suitcase? Just the Thompson suitcase. Right, right. But remember, the Thompson breaks down and sits in the bottom of it. So you, your choices are take it in a suitcase to hold it or put it together and put like a coat over it. It's not impossible to hide. You would just need the big bulky coat to, to put it in and hold on to. That's probably the easier way to do it. Tell you what, um, I will assemble it except for the ammo drum, mm. which bulks it out. That way it'll still be mostly flat under the coat and I'll hang the ammo drum. I'll stick it in one of the uh, pockets. So for you, uh, Professor Courtney, watching him put this thing together is terrifying uh, because you have... You've heard stories of what a trench gun does, um, and the mathematics alone frighten you. Um, do you think we're going to need this? Professor, the last time I went anywhere with you, I got the shit shot out of me. This has happened before. This time, I am not going underarmed. Now help me walk up to the church. Right, okay. I, mean, I suppose you could use it as a bit of a walking stick. Maybe I could carry that thing with the ammunition in it you all you all in the hotel start to hear bells yeah like police bells that can't bode well Uh, yes i do suppose mr fraser is involved in something then you we should better hurry is it a bad thing that we hear police automatically assume that one of us was involved in something well my concern is we hear police in Italy, and that usually means black shirts. And Mr. Fraser's not back yet. None of this bodes well. Let's get moving. Lady E, if you need to stay here, I understand. But this is your man. I would not stand in your way at all. Miss Maggie, Professor, whoever whoever has the cojones to come with me. Uh, I'll come with you. To be clear, Lady Elizabeth, you're not sure what cojones are in, in context context clues though context. i'm just just looking looking at him slightly slightly confused because even in context i don't think i would know that because that's not the kind of language that's used around no, of course not. a lady so just is that's that some, some sort of gun drink cognac co i've never heard of that brand anyway <laughs> um so the the group hustles off towards the church okay. yes um, so it is under the cover of night, uh, as evening has yet, has, has has now fallen some time ago. And you see a sort of commotion in the church area. There are several vehicles. There are also several men with torches dressed in black that are coming towards this rather old church that is not terribly far from where you're staying, actually. There is uh, a lot of screaming and shouting outside of it. In the depths of said church, you have the unfortunate duty to watch a member of the clergy pass in front of you. The tourniquet you'd placed on him was perfectly fine for the moment. You had staunched the bleeding at the very least, but without anything to staunch the the bleeding proper, though, uh, there is no way for him to be saved. Yeah. Can I actually move at all? Does that does that kind of pass after a few minutes? Or? It does. So about a minute or so, or maybe less. Not to be too technical as far as the time frame. Once the once the Comte has left the building, the effects of what he does leave with him. Mm. They sort of float away, and so you get control of yourself. And after at a few that moments. point, has the priest um, breathed his last? He has. Yes. Okay, well, in that case, I am going to pick him up in my arms, like holding him like a baby, I suppose, and uh, struggling up the stairs. Uh, sorry, Simon, I'm going to have to leave your uh, your walking stick behind. I am going to, uh, one step at a time, take him back up into the uh, the body of the, the cathedral proper. You do so. And I'm kind of guessing that by the time I do this, the, the police might have arrived. 
or at least be be on their way. You are greeted sort of mid-aisle near the front of the church where it, it makes a cross between some of the other places where there are art, artwork or hallways right there in the front of the church as you're holding the priest covered, of course, in, in his, his blood. The four or five members of the local constabulary black shirts arrive hustling in and um, they very quickly tell you to get down mm-hmm. um, I will accede to their demands without any quibbling or anything like that I'm well aware of how this looks yes um, so they very quickly put you in handcuffs and they give as much concern to the priest to make sure that he is sitting or, you know, on the floor in a proper position, but no one's worrying over him. You can tell that. I must call, call an ambulance. Call, call the doctor. There's a lot of shouting in Italian. Uh, quite I a bit. I don't understand. I, I'm, I, I don't speak Italian. I'm sorry. I... Um, you see <laughs> two things. Armeso, I think. You see the figure, you believe the woman who is in the far end of the church, at the doors. And once she sees you in handcuffs, you see her trying to get deeper into the church but being held back by police. Please. And she's, she's shouting something in Italian. Please, please, let, 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 let the lady through, please. She, she saw... Uh, I, I don't speak Italian. I, I, I can't. Just no, nobody speak English here. You don't get any response from the black shirts except that they roll you over onto your stomach to make it even harder for you to see what the hell's going on. Please, please just listen. Listen to the the, the ladies. She saw. So the group arrives a little later to the church. You have to make your way up through a few streets past some cars, which is not easy to do. Uh, Simon, you pick up the sound of police action ahead. That may change some of the things that you choose to do. But barring any changes, what you witness is moments after your arrival, a bloodied James Fraser is walked out of the church by Italian police. I mean, he's he's covered in his his clothes his face has blood on it and you watch the Italian police begin to walk him towards a police car do I happen to see any of them Simon? oh yeah a crowd is gathering are these like are these cops fascist black shirts or are they cop cops these are black shirts you're not really sure if there are non-fascist black shirts at this point in Italy okay well I I didn't know uniform yeah, style so kind of thing. So, What has happened in most major cities within Italy at mm-hmm. this point is that the police unions have been taken over. They've been sacked and basically put... Basically all the people who... All of the major police forces are now under Mussolini's control. And so they wear the same black uniform. Okay, got it. I think uh, if I if I manage to catch um, Simon's eye, probably Simon... I'll just kind of look at him and just shake my head a little bit. Try and get across to him that don't don't interfere, don't don't get yourselves into the into this mess. Do you want me to make a spot hidden? Yeah, sure. Seventy. Don't see it, sorry. Yeah, no, you don't pick up on the cues of him telling you to to not do something. So I guess for your knowledge, Simon, there are probably about eight policemen here, two or three different vehicles. Um, all the policemen are armed, just so you're aware. Uh, two or three of them are, are moving Fraser toward a vehicle to put him in the back of. Uh, Simon, what, what are we going to do? We're going to do nothing right now, unless you are a whiz with a pistol. We, we can't risk drawing attention to what you're carrying, Mr. Griffith. No, there are too many of them for what I am carrying at this time. I think we need to head back to the hotel, and we have two options ahead of us. Let us discuss them back at the hotel. 
We'll also need someone who speaks better Italian than any of us. Perhaps a nice lawyer. We could fire off a telegram in the morning to Milan. See if we could do anything with that. But at this point right now, let's go ahead and head back to the hotel and not talk in the street. I'm going to try and catch Fraser's eye while we're doing that. Just to let him know that we know he's in trouble and we're going to try to do something about it. Yeah. I haven't forgotten him. Yeah. I think you you two probably exchange a rather concerned gaze. You do, unfortunately, Mr. Fraser, have to bear the weight of seeing your employer uh, and your lady watch you get put into the back of a police car. Mortified. Yes. At that point, they close the door. This is a tiny Italian car, and Mr. Fraser is not so tiny, so it does seem like you get to go a little bit to clown college. Um, they don't pound your head in, obviously. They, they they properly put you in the car, but you do feel like a little bit of a... a little, a little car's a little small. After that, the police sh- begin to shoo people away. You see there, those of you who, who remain... A few minutes later, an ambulance arrive and they take the body, which is covered by a sheet. They take a body out of the church. Simon has already left. He knows he does not want to be have a policeman shove him at this point because it will get bad. Yes, indeed. For both of us. So with the uh, Bora as your lonely guide, you find your way back to the hotel now down one member of your party as he lands firmly in an Italian jail cell, which I think is a fortuitous way to end. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We look forward to catching up with you soon. And who knows what might befall Mr. Fraser in jail? Only time will tell. Thank you and good night.